0: You're listening to Manifest with Sarah Prout, and that's exactly what we're going to do together. I'm a best selling author and a manifestation and law of attraction expert. I've been teaching manifestation now for well over a decade, and I've inspired millions of people all over the world on topics and themes such as emotional empowerment, intuitive wisdom, and heart based healing. So each week, I'll deliver you a brand new dose of inspiration and motivation to remind you that you have the power to create your own reality. Let's connect with the universe, activate the law of attraction, and manifest your dreams. Thank you so much for being here with me right now. Let's get started. Hello there and welcome to today's episode of the Sarah Prout podcast. My name is Sarah Prout, which is probably obvious considering (laughs) that you have seen the podcast cover and been here probably with me for a while because I know the listeners tend to listen to multiple episodes of the show. It used to be called the Journey to Manifesting podcast, but what I noticed is that People tended to be searching for the Sarah Prout podcast, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to change the name because that just doesn't pigeonhole me into talking about manifesting forever and ever because I talk about so many things, everything from emotional empowerment to intuitive guidance to ultimately listening to your own body and what your soul is telling you to do because we live in a day and age where the media is very distracting. We are literally programmed what to think, how to feel, what to buy, how to feel about ourselves. And I want you to be here with me to remind yourself that you are part of the collective energy of infinite possibilities, that we are all in this together and that this journey is beautiful that life is full of opportunities if we remember the power we have to guide our energy and guide our emotions. So welcome to the show today. This episode is going to be a little bit interesting because I had the feeling that I may have shared this before, but not this specific email that I sent to myself back in 2015. Now, (laughs) this is an interesting one in the respect that I haven't really been extremely open about the details of this so today I'm going to be diving in a lot deeper about it I did write about it in my book Dear Universe 200 Mini Meditations for Instant Manifestations and I have written about it in more detail in my upcoming book which comes out at the beginning of 2022 so you have to wait a while and I also referred to it in the talk that I did at AFEST in Bali for Mind Valley a few years ago now, but I didn't really dive in. I only just skimmed the surface. And I thought, you know what would be great is if I shared my near death experience from this email you know, no sugar coating. It was March the 28th, 2015. So it was only five days after I had the experience. I actually haven't reread this email, only just found it. I would love to share it with you. And the reason that I am sharing this with you is because I have fallen in love with a show on Netflix called Surviving Death. And I've only watched a couple of episodes so far. And by the time you're listening to this, I probably would have binge-watched the whole series because it's intriguing. It dives into mediumship and what happens after we die and how consciousness can survive, even after the brain has stopped functioning. And this is fascinating to me because you guys may know me or you may be new to the show, but I love the mystical side of existence. I love talking about the more metaphysical and woo-woo side of reality. And so this is really intriguing to me. And the reason I want to share it is because during the show, during the first episode of the show, and I don't want to give away any spoilers, so go and watch it if you're going to. If not, maybe skip ahead 30 to 60 seconds. There was this woman that explained something that had happened to me in such intricate detail that it reminded me of my own near-death experience. And... I think it's really important to note that there is more after we die. I know this might sound a little bit macabre or a little bit um, sad or confronting, but it's true. I believe, this is just my personal belief, you can have your personal beliefs, of course, that there is more to us than just the physical meat suits that we walk around in in our day to day life and existence. That when we die, meaning when we transition, we merge back into oneness. We merge back into the energy of all that is. Some people call that heaven. Some people call that enlightenment. Whatever you call it, just remember, you can define that on your own terms because nobody actually knows what definitively happens once we cross over. Nobody knows, other than some of the mediums that can get some eerie details about who the people were when they were here on this physical plane. It's important to note that nobody really has it all figured out. It's just theoretical until we make that journey home to the bigger part of us. So this is the email. I'm sitting here right in front of my screen right now. And I really want to, um, I really, oh my God, my husband's texting me on Facebook and it's making that beeping noise. So apologies. (laughs) I don't want to and he's doing it again. I don't want to pause my flow of inspiration here before I dive into the email. Okay. So here we go. This was an email that I sent to myself that I titled my near death experience and Lulu's birth, March the 28th. 2015 at 11.55 p.m. And keep in mind, I was still living in Australia. I was living in a place called Noosa, which is on the Sunshine Coast. Beautiful place. And this was uh, the same year that I moved to America. Okay, here we go. Preparation for the birth was difficult. First, I required a cannula to be placed in my arm. The anesthesiologist tried three times to find a point in my arm with a good vein, but didn't have any luck. The first attempt punctured right through the vein and it hurt a lot. The second attempt didn't work either, so the boss had to come in and take over. He managed to get it into the right position in my hand. Not eating or drinking for the whole day meant that it was tougher to find a good vein. Then it was time for the spinal block to be administered. The first attempt failed. It was really painful because she kept hitting the bone. Apparently my spine was too bony and they couldn't find an entry point. After several attempts, they managed one to find one quite up high and I began to not be able to feel my legs. Just a side note here, it was about eight times that they tried to do it before they actually found, found the right place. The spinal block lasted well up until Lulu was born. I could fe- still feel pulling and pressure, but it wasn't painful. After Lulu was born and over to the right side of the room with Sean, the process to stitch me up began. I was having a C-section, if that's not obvious already. (laughs) Uh, This was when I was able to feel everything. I could feel the coolness of the blades, every little cut and incision. I could feel the air on my open abdomen. I can feel that, I can feel that, I began to say in a mad panic. The medical team did a test and told me the spinal tap had worn off. They whisked Sean out of the room and just as they left I began to scream uncontrollably and get really distressed. One of the guys told me that he would be giving me some drugs so that that would make me go to sleep and I would wake up very soon. The fun and high energy of the room dropped and I could see everyone in the room was trying to prepare. The room was really quiet. I could feel the blood leaving me and pulling out of my body. I remember drifting And not feeling like I was asleep, but being aware that I was somewhere else, up high, above everything, almost like on another level of the hospital where I could see everything that was going on at once. The pain then left me. I could hear beeping. In fact, sounds became almost deafening. I could hear voices, kind of like being on acid. It was like everything was vibrant and buzzing. I could see the colour pink everywhere. I was in a large corridor that had rooms and doors, just like the hospital, but different. Behind each door, I could simultaneously see different scenes. I could see Sean sitting with Lulu. I could see my body being stitched up. I could see the nurses. I could see Thomas and Olivia. I could see my stuff in the hospital bed as I was going, uh, that I was going back to. It was like I was flying around this corridor, this weird realm, and not sure how to get back to myself to my consciousness. I was floating around hearing every minuscule sound. I was seeing vibrant flashes of the current reality, and then I saw vivid images of everything that I loved, from orchids, ornate frames, floral patterns, everything that I found visually appealing as an art form was behind my eyes, in the realm with me. Everything was in vibrant hyperdrive, I was aware of my own thoughts and being able to observe the process like I was on some kind of weird ride at Disneyland. You know your site is safe, and yet you know the ride will be over soon, and you know you'll feel the post-ride buzz and thrill. However, then my sense of self began to fade altogether, and I didn't have any idea of who I was. I had no control over waking up, and it became a little scary. I loved this place I was in. It felt peaceful. But the more at peace I felt, the more the memory of who I am and who I was and what my purpose was started to fade. It felt timeless, like days were passing, and I was confused. I distinctly remember asking myself, Am I dead? There was a mild sense of sadness that I was away from my body, but I didn't really remember who I was anyway. If I had to liken it to anything, it was like The Matrix in that scene in Interstellar where he's behind the bookcase, observing the timelessness of his past, present and future. I had no control over the scenes I was being shown, but I was just witnessing it as an experience. Then I heard a voice say very clearly, Thomas, Olivia, Lulu, Sean. I don't know who the voice was, it wasn't mine and it wasn't clear. It was like an anchor of love to return me to who I was. Now, here's the weird part. The names were all recognizable to me, but I still didn't know who I was. So I headed or was guided in the direction of the feeling behind the names and felt as though I was being landed back into my body. The nurse inspected my name band and said, Sarah Prout, born on the 1st of November, 1979. I have a daughter called Sarah and her birthday is also on the 1st of November. I was so groggy and I looked at the clock and it was 7:11 less than 2 hours since Lulu was born. The thing is for the last few months I'd been waking up at exactly 7:11 thinking it was a sign from the universe that perhaps Lulu would be born at 7:11 or that she would weigh 7 pounds and 11 ounces. Was this a coincidence? My take on this experience is that it's like there's this weird in-between world, like a waiting room between here and death where we have the choice to stay or to leave this holding space is a bridge between all of the love we feel on earth and all of the love we feel when we let go of who we are and flow with the energy of everything, even though I was frightened and slightly panicked in this realm, I knew I had a choice to find my way to where I needed to be I'm just so grateful that I made it back to my body so Reading that is really weird because I have written about it since and, you know, this is always going directly back to the source to where I was, you know, I was recovering from my C-section, I had to be on bed rest because of all of the blood loss and I believe that because uh, the anaesthetic wore off and it was like, I can't even tell you, it was the worst pain that I've ever experienced in my life, it was like a horror movie and just knowing that I left my body whether you call it astral traveling or I'm pretty sure it was a near-death experience because of that choice point to either go towards that light and down that corridor versus anchoring into the love and the mission and the purpose of being here in my body which is to be present with my family and my my children and I know so many people have had different versions of near-death experiences whether their heart stopped or their brain stopped functioning or whether they drowned or had bones broken in their body and for me it was the immense blood loss and thankfully I didn't lose enough to have to have a transfusion but my body went into shock Um, and this actually wasn't brought up with the hospital until many months later when they sent me a letter saying we would love to open a dialogue about this and talk about it and I said, I'm sorry, I can't make it because I'm moving to America. And so things happened so rapidly after that experience. Uh, I can't even tell you how my life unfolded from that point forward. It feels like a different lifetime ago from that point that I gave birth to Lulu. Now, remember, I had five miscarriages in a row before I carried Lulu to full term and every single day that I carried that baby was a milestone and something to be celebrated. So to be unconscious on an operating table, which on a day that should have been celebrated, was something that was extremely, extremely upsetting and something that I don't even think I gave myself time to process since then. And so seeing in this amazing Netflix documentary, Surviving Death, other people that went through the same miraculous transformations, it's a reminder that we are, of course, spiritual beings having a physical experience. And yet, so often we lose sight of that. We lose sight of our purpose, our vision, why we're here and the ways in which we have this beautiful opportunity to love other humans. We get so caught up in who's right and who's wrong and who's left and who's right and who's up and who's down, right? And it's so important. I mean this with every fiber of my being to remember that we're human beings for here for such a small amount of time and that every day counts and that every day you can bring appreciation and gratitude and awareness and consciousness and curiosity each and every day then life becomes your art form okay we're conscious manifestors every single day that we're here is an opportunity to be better to choose love to be the love we wish to feel which is something that I've been talking about a lot already in 2021 so I highly encourage that you watch this show on Netflix surviving death it's awesome And uh, if you've had a near-death experience, then I would love to hear about it. Please leave me a review in the comments and tell me that you deeply resonated with this story or perhaps you've heard it from someone else or perhaps it gives you some comfort if a loved one has passed over and you want to know if there's a bigger picture at play because I can tell you that there is. There's definitely more than meets the eye going on with this physical experience. And I'm just so grateful to be able to share this with you, share this with the community that listen to this podcast and any of my manifesting students out there love, they love this stuff. They always enjoy hearing the more woo-woo and mystical side of life and life's experience. So I hope that the information that you heard from me today was helpful. Thank you so much for being here with me and whatever you do, seek as much joy as you can. Lots of love and until next time, happy manifesting. Bye for now. Hey guys, I want to tell you about my brand new course called Manifesting and the Moon. I'm so excited about this. This course invites you to supercharge the divine energy of the moon to magnify your intentions, release sabotaging beliefs, and amplify your manifestations. So you can leverage the powerful influence of either the new or the full moon with two magnetic rituals, and also to create the sacred space that you need to ask Ask the universe for what you really want. So go and check it out at sarahprout.com forward slash moon. That's sarahprout.com forward slash moon. And I can't wait for you to join me for manifesting and the moon.